Summer of football. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Drive starts from deep in their own territory. And it's picked off at the 25 yard line. Eddie Jackson. And he'll go in for the touchdown. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. Are you kidding me? Barkley up the middle, cuts to the outside. Saquon Barkley across midfield. Standard bounds. And Barkley takes it all the way. Summer of football. Lawrence flips it open. Justin Ross off and running. And Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame. Takes the hand up and takes off. Let's go. The summer of football. You got it. Work right here on ESPN 1000. I think we ain't done yet. And the ESPN app. It is the summer of football. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We give you something fantasy, something college, something pro tonight. We give you something pro. Like the Chicago Bears. We'll talk about that coming up in a matter of moments here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. As you heard in Sports Center, indeed, Antonio Brown files yet another grievance. The wide receiver for the Oakland Raiders. Have you been watching this? Have you been watching what's going on HBO uh, and Hard Knocks? Because they're featuring the Raiders and Brown is in there a lot. Wide receiver Antonio Brown has filed a new grievance against the NFL in an attempt to be able to wear his helmet, the helmet that he wants. After the NFL told him, no, you have to be able to wear what's NFL policy. And somehow, someway, Antonio Brown still is not going to be playing in camp, not practicing because of a helmet. This is buyer's remorse by the Raiders. This is just incredible. Antonio Brown is very talented. There is no question about that. But you got to understand, hey, man, for once, the NFL is trying to make everybody safe by having a new helmet. Everyone has to adjust. Mike Mayock, who's the general manager for the Raiders, was like, you know what? Enough is enough. Uh, you all know that A.B. is not here today. So here's the bottom line. He's upset about the helmet issue. We have supported that. We appreciate that. At this point, we've pretty much exhausted all avenues of relief. So from our perspective... It's time for him to be all in. We're all out. We're hoping he's back soon. We got 89 guys busting their tails. We are really excited about where this franchise is going, and we hope AB is going to be a big part of it starting week one against Denver. It's crazy. The general manager having to make a statement saying, hey, we want him in, either you're in or out. So Drew Rosenhaus is the agent for Antonio Brown. And gave his thoughts on Get Up about Mayock's comments. I've talked to Mike multiple times yesterday. We are on the same page. We are working together. We understand the club's frustration. We understand that they want Antonio back. We get all of that. And everyone, please understand that he wants to be there. Uh, it is difficult for him to practice take hits, whatever, with a piece of equipment that he's never used before. And so that's why we're trying to iron this out so everything can go smoothly the rest of the season. We're looking for a permanent solution. Rosenhaus, the agent for Antonio Brown on Get Up. 
Everybody can use the new helmet except for Antonio Brown. Isn't that something? It's crazy. There's something wrong with Antonio Brown. That is buyer's remorse right now. The Raiders aren't going anywhere anyway, whether he's with the ball club or not. But it's just amazing what is going on for Oakland. John Gruden's trying to get this program on track, and the wide receiver not only has frostbitten feet, but also doesn't want to put on his helmet. That means you've got to move on from the situation to get away from the controversy as you're listening to Summer of Football with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. We turn now to Chicago Bear. We turn now to my favorite Florida Gator, if I have one. We turn to NBC Sports Chicago Bears analyst Alex Brown. He's with me, Jonathan Hood, right here on the Summer of Football on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. So I'm a Georgia fan. He's a Florida fan. We love to go back and forth. And I know, Alex, I know you're really excited about football to try to get started definitely this week, right? Absolutely. You know it. I mean, my Gators are going to probably go undefeated this year. So it's going to be a heck of a season. <laughs> so wait just a second now. <laughs> Hold on a second. Wait, just wait. Did, you, did you say undefeated? You said the Florida Atlantic? Is that what you said? The Owls are going to go undefeated? <laughs> I'm looking at our I'm looking at our schedule. I don't I'm not afraid of anybody up here. I mean, Bama's not on it, so I mean we got them an SEC championship game. You never know what can happen in those games. So um yeah, I mean I think we got a shot. Yeah. Um well <laughs> let's take a look at the schedule real quick, Alex Brown, because you start off uh against Miami on August twenty fourth. You're not concerned about that game at all, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm concerned about the game. I mean, I think we'll win it. I think um, <clears throat> what Coach Mullen and those guys are doing down there, I think they're. I think that's what will win that game because we're not going to make as many mistakes as they will. And I think that when you got two good teams that play each other, I think that's what it boils down to. It boils down to who makes the most mistakes. And I think we – will limit those mistakes in this game. So, I mean, this is a this is essentially an SEC game. I mean, it's a, uh, an, an opponent that can beat you. So, and, I mean, I, I like playing that game as opposed to even the second game that we have against Tennessee Martin. I mean, that's, that's kind of a tune-up game for the SEC yeah. play. So, I mean, I, I like playing the Miami game. Okay. But that UT Martin, you're not afraid of that game at all. Right, you you good with no, that? No, no, no. Just well, get through that without injuries, and I'm okay. That's 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 restaurant quality booking, by the way. Why don't you do a home and home with UT Martin? See how it works. Um, so <laughs> so at, at Kentucky, a better ball club, you know. And it's funny yeah. about the SEC too, though, Alex, because it is it's it's very top heavy. A couple teams, and then there's teams that are on the rise, right? So Kentucky, Tennessee. That's almost a coin flip game into that tough Townsend uh, contest on September 28th, y'all got, and then Auburn on the 5th. So um, it, it should be interesting to see some of those teams that are on the rise, like Kentucky and Tennessee, to take on Florida. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think when you when you look at our schedule, I mean, you, you see the Kentucky and the Tennessee, and they're not ranked, but, hey, I don't think that matters, honestly. With the Tennessee game, that's a rival game. Mm-hmm. I think Kentucky surprised a lot of people last year and some of the teams they beat and how they played all season. And then you have the ones that are expected to be good, the Auburns, the LSU, the Georgia. Uh, Missouri oh. came into the SEC. Missouri came into the SEC and won it, won the SEC East their first two years in. They're not a bad ball club. 
So, and then you got Florida State at the end of the season. I mean, I, you sprinkle in a Vanderbilt, which can be your stat game, where you can go in and you can get your stats up a little bit. But I, I think it's a tough schedule. Look at how you talk about the Commodore like that. How can you diss the Commodore? Get your stats up. Is that what you said? Get your stats up. That's a stat game. That's a stat game. You got to get your stats up in that game. Absolutely. If you're, if you're struggling and you're not – I mean, you're sitting at – we're talking two more games left in the season, and you're, you're supposed to be a, a pass rusher and you're sitting at five sacks. Well, after that game, I mean, you should be at eight. So you should you should come in and have a ball game because hopefully the offense will get you a lead and now you're just rushing the passer. So yes, absolutely, that's a stat game right there. Um, the Mizzou game is at Mizzou, so you never know. I mean, uh, crazy things happen when you got a, especially if it's a night game at Mizzou. I mean, they, you give those uh, fans some time to get lathered up and they'll be loud there. If uh, you keep that game close, you end up in a dog fight. I'm not worried about a uh, cocktail party on no- on November 2nd. We'll be able to help yeah, that game Yeah, I'm us. not worried about that either. That will we'll be nice that, that game for us. I think that uh, Georgia will be just fine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's a Georgia stat game? Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I went to that game last year. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. tough game, tough game. But being there and seeing it, you can see the talent um, gap with us. You can see the talent gap now. Since Coach Mullen has been there, we're no longer okay or happy about getting a three-star guy. Now we're starting to get those four- and five-star guys. we got a bunch of four-star guys this past year. We have a bunch of four-star guys already committed um, for next year and a few five-star guys. I'm telling you, that all those ratings don't always matter. But I tell you what, give me 25-star athletes every year and i promise you we're not going to miss on all of them so you might miss on three or four of them but uh, for the most part you're going to hit on those guys because they're big athletic and they love and play the game of football absolutely you're you're going to hit so i think georgia's done a really good job of that um the past what three four maybe even five years and i think you see that you can see the separation from a Georgia and Alabama, and then everybody else is kind of next. I mean, I think LSU is um, closer to Alabama and Georgia than where Florida and uh, Tennessee and all those guys sit um, currently, but I think we're fighting our way out of that. I I would suggest maybe if you're trying to get to that next level, you might want to have your schedule in the men's. Your schedule's not in the men's this year. I mean, that is uh, (laughs) – the non-conference boys, boy, that's that's really hey, sad. That that's a sad those are those are breaks. Those are little breaks throughout the season <laughs> that <laughs> that you might need. You might need a couple guys to 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 heal up a little bit before you go into um, some play. I mean, you go into Kentucky and Tennessee, then you yeah. got Towson. Towson, hey, you you want to go win that game and go ahead and get that one out of the way, but. Right after that, you're going Auburn, LSU, South Carolina. So you want to make sure you hey, break up the season a little bit. I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with how the schedule is. I mean, if you win them all, it really doesn't matter. So 
Get your schedule up. Have have a tough schedule like like uh, Georgia, you know, starting off with Vanderbilt, starting a, a tough Vanderbilt team on the road and taking on Murray State and Arkansas State into that Notre Dame game. Really difficult oh opponents. That's, that's how you do that. That's how you <laughs> That's how we do it in Athens. <laughs> we talked to Alex Brown on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. That's how you would do that. That's how you do that, okay. Alex. You, you know, you get a nice, strong non-conference into a, you know, the SEC. That's how you do that. You know what? I, I haven't even I, – I'm not looking at the um, Georgia schedule because I refuse to bring up anything Georgia on my computer. So um, <laughs> unless it's on – the Florida Gator website, then I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. Well, that's fair. You you don't you don't want to see trouble coming, so I understand. No need to dial it up. Oh my you know? god! Yeah, I, I can understand. You don't want to see the SEC champion, you know, coming your way this early. So you eventually I, I love the comebacks. Game. I love the comebacks that you have. I don't. I can't say anything. You got to come back for me. I, and I'm 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 still. I'm not going to pull it up. I'm not doing it. <laughs> That's just tremendous. Well, I look forward to the season, uh, and that's going to be fun. I, I want to find out from you. I want to know, because you and I have not talked about this. Alex, is it is it a disconnect for you when you see a number of quality players not playing in the preseason? You didn't have that luxury when you played. You, you might have played a quarter or half, you know, especially in that third preseason game, but we're seeing a lot of this. What, what do you think of that in 2019? Actually, I don't like it. I mean, I, I grew up – I came through the NFL in a different sense. So uh, we practiced, and we practiced hard, and we went and we played. Uh, during the preseason games, I mean, we all knew how the preseason games were going to go. You're going to play maybe a quarter in the first game. Um, you're going to play the half in the second game. You'll play through the first or second possession um, in the third game of the second half. So you wanted to you wanted to get a feel of different situations. So coming out of halftime, when you make those adjustments during a third preseason game, um, that's why you want to do that and come out of halftime, and then you can adjust and see how that is because that's the last tune-up game. Now, um, if you oh you you remember uh, Coach Green that whole rant that he had um, uh, after the Arizona game that year, we actually played Arizona for that third preseason game. And that's why I think he was so upset saying like, we took it. No, you don't take that game right there. Not that third game. That is the for real game. And they beat us up in that game. So, I mean, I think he felt like they had a chance and they did. They had a chance because we were, we actually, I mean, yeah, you come out and you, you play hard and you, you want to have a good feeling because for the most part, for the starters, that is, that's their last kind of tune-up before live bullets, if you will, start to go on, and the games really matter. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot different for me. I'd like to see um, Mitch out there. Uh, I'd like to see Hicks and um, and Khalil Mack and those guys. I want to see them out there. I want to see them play. That's what they do. They play football, get out there and play football. You want to tell me that your timing and everything is going to be right because of practice? Well, practice is different than the game. You're going against somebody else. You're not going against the same person day in and day out, which is what they're doing down at Bourbon Air during training camp. They're going against the same people. So um, to get in a game, 
it's a different it's a different field. So I'd like to see him play, but um, with him not playing, I, I know there's a lot of different ways you can go to it. Are, are they trying to hide some? Are they are they not quite sure about something? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways you can go with it, but uh, I think uh, Coach Nagy did this last year, so it's something probably we as Bear fans we might need to get used to um, right now because hey, it's it worked for him last year, so why change it? I guess I look at it from this standpoint. In the game with the Bears and the Giants, if you were going to hold somebody out, one of the quarterbacks out in that game would be Eli Manning. Eli Manning's got nothing to prove. He's got two Super Bowl rings. Sure. I know that he's in the battle to to prove that he can still play with the young kid Daniel Jones right over his shoulder. He didn't have to play. It's almost like he did the Maros a favor. Like He didn't have to put him. But he went out there, went down the field, and scored in our second unit. Okay, fine. He was he was perfect. Got to got the touchdown, and then you bring in the kid. On the other side, it, there's Mitch Trubisky, in which I believe based and it's not based on my opinion. It's based on what uh, Matt Nagy's talked about that the offense still has some work to do. Yeah, I mean, he was he was getting in their ass after the Carolina game in practice. Like you know, mm-hmm. you guys you guys still need to be able to work on some things. And I, I, he might have not been yelling at Mitch because Mitch has only handed the ball off three times. But nonetheless, I, I just think that. If you're holding Trubisky back, say say we don't see Trubisky again, now you're hiding something. Now, now because so. because the kid needs to be out there for live action. I mean, if he if he doesn't have a great preseason, I'm not going to judge him. I'm not going to judge him at all. It's preseason. He's still working the kinks out. But when the bell rings on September 5th, that offense better be ready to go. And I just think no live action tells me that there's something going on here. Yeah, I, I, I'm uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the other way because I think I will. I, I will judge him if uh, if he comes out and he's doing the making the same mistakes I saw him make last year. He's overthrowing guys on a pretty consistent basis on on easy throws. That what for for an NFL quarterback um, of his caliber, I think he should be able to make these throws. And he's overthrowing them, or he's making the wrong reads, or he's not going through his progression and getting to the check down. These are things that you you should see moving forward. I mean, he's. Uh, in a lot of people's eyes, Mitch is the, the head of this team and he's leading this team. And if that's the case, then he really needs to take a step forward and be the guy. Can't be the guy on the sideline. So I, I'd like to see him on the field, but I'm not the coach. So whatever it is, if, you're, if he's ready or if you're hiding that he's not ready, we're going to find out pretty soon. So eventually, you're not gonna. He's gonna have to take that field, and he's gonna have to be ready to go full throttle. I don't like just taking out, and I'm gonna use this analogy. I don't like just bringing my. I don't have a Bentley, but I don't like if I had a Bentley. I don't want to just bring it out and run it full speed. Right. Like that's the that's the part that kind of scares me a little bit on how this is taking place. But like I said, um, it's. It worked last year how they did it. Um, I think they they have some things that they're trying to work on before they run Mitch out there. I I don't know if I really believe that he's looking awesome at camp. No, I, I don't I don't believe that. But like I said, come come first season of um come that Green Bay game, there's no more hiding. It's time to go play and uh I really, really hope we're ready to go come that game. 
Alex Brown, NBC Sports Chicago Bears analyst with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app for the summer of football. Uh, I'm, uh, what do you think of the other side of the tracks here for this Bears team defensively? I, I, I'm as confident or maybe more confident about this unit than I was last year. It's only because you got so many veterans that have been there and done that, Alex. It just, to me, it just seems like if you're blessed with good health, there's no reason why the Bears can't come close to replicating what they had last year. Uh, what do you see? Well, I think we, um, as a fan base, I think we forget how we were feeling last year when uh, the possibility of Vic Fangio leaving and everybody was like, hey, let's keep that continuity. Let's keep it because we need it. And now all of a sudden we, all of a sudden we don't need it. Uh, we have the same guys. Uh, we added I, the team. The defense was good prior to uh, Khalil Mack getting here. I think mm-hmm. he helped them go to that in that special range so they can be top three in the league. Um, I think that's what he did. Those guys are still there now. I think everything kind of goes on the coaching staff. When the coaching staff changes, I mean everything changes. What are, what are we going to do at third and one? What are we going to do at third and? Third and ten. Are we going to trust our front four to get home, or are we going to blitz? I don't know his. Uh, I don't know what he wants to do, but that's what I'm learning. I didn't um, against. I want to say it was against Carolina. Um, Roquan Smith came free on a right. blitz, got a sack. Roquan getting making a big play isn't something new to me. It's the play calling is what I'm looking at. How does he put them in position to take advantage of their skill set? And I thought that was a heck of a play call, what he called there in that situation. So I'm, that is what I'm looking at, even if the guys aren't there, even if the, the players that are going to help us get into the playoffs and make a run at a, at a Super Bowl title, those aren't the guys that are out there outside of Roquan, but that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for how he's making calls with his first down, with his third and short, third and long, those things, that's what I'm looking at. Um, and hopefully the guys are buying into Coach Pagano because that's what's gonna that's what's gonna have to be uh that's what's gonna have to take place. I, I've been in it, I've seen it. We went from top three defense in two thousand six to rank I wanna say twenty five or twenty six in two thousand seven. Now the big guys are still there, all the big names. Uh you got Erlach, you got Briggs, you got Peanut, Vaz. Everybody was still there, and we took a huge step back. I'm not saying this team will do that, but the possibility of it happening is absolutely there. What was the difference, Alex, between those two? I remember watching, and and Mm -hmm. Lovey was still about that cover, too. It was very inflexible in that regard. Why did you think that was the case? You know what? I don't know what it was. Um, I think the players, it was on the players for sure. Um, I think we have to take um, uh, ownership of that. But as far as um, it, Ron Rivera, I don't, I don't think there's any question about when Ron says something. Ron played for the 85 Bears. Okay, he played for the 85. And whatever he said, yeah, hell yeah, we're doing it. Let's go. Now, when you put somebody else in there, I'm not saying we don't respect what he's saying. It's, you might question it. You might, well, why are we doing this? Well, why are we doing that? Whereas a lot of that didn't happen in that 05, 06. Now, 04? I can't say it didn't happen, but then you have 54 that steps in and is like, hey, listen, whatever he calls, we're going to make it right. Now, you can say that in 07 too, but then when the call is just completely wrong or 
we're not doing it right or something like something was wrong. Whatever that was, something was wrong. And that same thing with the same players was not wrong in 05 and 06. And you look at it and you see the only thing that changed was Ron Rivera. Well, I think you have the answer there. So uh, uh, the respect for Vic Fangio, I think it, it goes a long way. I think the guys respected him. I think they, they believed in whatever he called, no matter what. I hope that same respect goes to um, Coach Pagano, because if it does, then yes, I'm with you. This defense is super talented. They should be top three in the league. Now, do you expect them to lead the league in interceptions again? Well, I think people are going to, I think people are going to plan for them. I think they're going to scheme them. I think, uh, over the offseason and the spring and all of that, I think people have been, uh, other teams, other offensive coordinators, like they've been looking at the Bears to be that team, how they're going to be. I think we're going to see a first, we're going to get a first glimpse of that um, in the first game with Green Bay. If there's any quarterback that can sit down over an offseason and figure out a defense, it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I, I just think he has the skill set and the mentality to be able to, break down a defense and find the weaknesses and not turn the ball over because he doesn't really turn the ball over. So if you can go methodically down the field on a defense like this without making mistakes, then maybe you got a chance. But if you get put in third and long or you get put in bad situations or you throw a ball high over the middle, well, they're going to, I mean, it's going to be picked off. Eddie Jackson, those boys back there are going to crush it. Then you got those guys up front who's going to get pressure. So I'm a, Huge fan of the defense. I think the defense, in my opinion, if we, as a fan base, where we believe we're going to go, and I think that's to the NFC Championship game, um, I think it will be led by the defense and not the offense. So lastly, Alex, and I appreciate your time, I just want to know about Mm -hmm. um, your favorite training camp story. What's that one favorite memory you have in training camp as as you get ready for the season? It was an expectation year. So I, I think this year right here is uh, the most fun I had was obviously you got your first training camp ever where you're geeked out and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually here. And that's that rookie year where you're fulfilling kind of that childhood dream. But the most fun I had was prior to the 06 season. We understood the expectations that, that were put upon us. We wanted that. We, we felt like we were the team to be in the entire NFL. Nobody's as good as us. Nobody. So, and it was just about making sure we continually have that hunger every day and keep each other healthy. So, um, when you got, got one of your teammates in a bad position, don't, don't, don't allow him to get hurt. Don't put him over a pile, hurt his knee or something like that. Take care of each other. But we competed every day. And I want to say it was 06. That 06 season, and when you look at that 06 year, Excuse me. You look at that 06 year, now you look at this 2019 season. This is the first legit expectation year we've had, period, since 06. Where now we've had good teams, but coming into a season where you're expected to make the NFC Championship game at the very least, we haven't had that. In 2010, we went to the NFC Championship. Um, That was not expected. But in 2000, uh, last year, 2018, that team, I mean, that's a, that team surprised everybody. So everyone, I mean, people thought they'd be good, but not that good. So now 
you come in and there's a different type of pressure on the team. And what I saw from our team in 05, we start out one and three. We were strong enough mentally to get that turned around and end that season 11 and five. Um, I hope this team gets off to a really good start because I don't think Mitch has ever seen the ugly side of Chicago. He hasn't seen that. He hasn't seen that booing. He's never no. seen that. And if you start out one and two, then I think it'll shake his it'll shake his cage a little bit on how it can be. It's not yeah. always great and bubbly, and it's not always that. So go ahead and get a good start. Let's go. Like I'm, I'm all for this team. I think the team has everything. Now, I, I put this in front of my brother. My, my brother's a huge Giants fan, so I've told him um, that. His question is like, well, what is Mitch going to do? What is Mitch going to do? I'm like, well, that's my question too. Because mm-hmm. if Mitch has that Pro Bowl type season, well, we might as well, I might as well start booking my ticket now. Because he, I think he is going to be the defense to lead the team. But he won't make the mistakes to lose games if he's having that Pro Bowl type season. So if he has that type of season, I don't see there's any way that, we, that we're not in the NFC Championship game um, playing to get to a Super Bowl. So it's going to be a fun year. I really think so. So we'll see. All right, man. Well, I'm glad you spent some time, and I'm looking forward to the season. I'm also looking forward to college football season and a nice, you know, solid seven wins for the Gators as they play that early Ooh. December Bowl. That should be a lot Ooh. of fun for Florida this year as they continue to build <laughs> – Slowly, uh, that program. <laughs> we are not. We are not playing in a December Bowl. Not not oh, a chance. Oh, we, really? We will be playing in January. We will be. You, and you know, and you know you, what? What it kills me that you that you, that you Georgia fans. Yeah, y'all still haven't won a national title. Can y'all win a national title before y'all start coming at my Gators? We've won three since y'all won y'all last one. Come on, let's go. <clears throat> well, we're, we're working See, on that. That is where I go when I got when I got you. <laughs> yeah, well, we're working on that. Uh, you know, with Mark Rick now with the ACC Network and him out the way, mm-hmm. uh, Kirby will work on that and get that done for us. Um, okay, we'll see. We'll see. You know, Y'all ain't gonna beat the Gators this year. And I'm call- you have me on. I want all all the fans to to hear this right now. You will have me on the Monday after my Gators play y'all and beat y'all on Saturday. Yes. Yes, but you said that last okay, year. Perfect. What happened last year? No, I was I was out of town. I was in a rural area down south, and <laughs> my phone wasn't. <laughs> rural area is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the service was bad. The service. Oh, I see. The service was real shoddy. So. Oh, I understand. In, in the Everglades, I understand. Very, very. Uh... <laughs> They're difficult down there. So, so like, you make sure that your phone is working, fully charged now. When, when Georgia yeah. beats Florida in the in the uh, in the bolt in the game here on the, after November second. All right, I mean it's, it's not going to happen, but I, my phone will be charged absolutely, and I'll be here in Chicago. So no, um, no problem with that. Yeah, I will have service. I'll be good to go. Well, I, I wouldn't blame you. I mean, why would you, why see a beatdown again on the sidelines in Jacksonville? Why why see the cocktail party in person when you can see the beatdown on TV? So I understand see, it makes see, sense. You bringing up old stuff that was last year. See, we got some new <laughs> we got some new faces, new blood. Y'all lost 
y'all keep losing all these first rounders that the Bears keep taking. Hey, we're going to creep up on you soon. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I can see all my Georgia people on, on the Bears. Yeah, all of them. Yes, uh-huh. all of them. Now, last time we had a bunch of Florida guys on the, um, on the team, we went to a Super Bowl. Let's see what all these Georgia boys can do. <sighs> we're working on it. Uh-huh. We're working on it. Oh, this, yeah. This, this kid we got here now, man. We got two wide receivers from Georgia. Only one of them can play. <laughs> we, we, we got we got two we got two linebackers here. But only one of them can play. Oh, don't say that! Don't you di- don't you dare say that about Leonard Floyd. You better not say that. Hold you on. Stop How did that. you know which one I was saying? How did you know? I know you. You agree with me that Roquan Smith is special. That's why. Because, yeah, because, yeah. Leonard Floyd. Well, here's funny. Here's what's funny. People, all, you know, every time we draft a Georgia guy, people always hit me up on social media like, so you saw every snap. What did you think? What did you think? And when Floyd was drafted, I said, you know, um, Leonard was always around the pile. You know, mm-hmm. when, there, when there was play, he was around. He was he, he yep. was in the, he was in the ballpark. He was in the area, but he was, a lot of times he wasn't the reason why the play took place. Exactly. So so, but exactly. you know what? It just is is for him. Uh, it's going to take some time. But Roquan, that's the guy that's going to be with the ball club ten years, and he's going to be an all time great. Yes, sir. Oh, let's not go that far. Let's say he, he's going to be a really good player. Really, Very he's going to be a really good player. All time great. I mean, I think there's a lot of other factors that go in, but. I mean, he is a really good player. He's played one year. Let's not put him in the Lance Briggs category yet, okay? <laughs> is that the bar? Wow. Lance. I'm just asking. That's not, I mean, not the bar, but I'm definitely not going to say let's put him in the Erlacher kid. He's definitely not. You can't project him to be Erlacher, can you? I think he's going to be very special. No, no not Erlacher, oh. no. And not even and not okay. Lance. No, no, no. But See, he's... I, I think Lance and Erlacher are Hall of Famers. I mean, when you say, like, He's going to be an all-time great. That's just kind of what I think. Is he? Can he just be Hunter Hillemeyer? Can he just do that? You know what? It's time to go. Well, it's yeah. uh, as, as always, Alex. He just, you just, could, you just went too far. That's it. <laughs> can he be Hunter Hillemeyer? You know what? This hey, Roquan, Roquan, I'm playing. I'm playing. You are. You're better than Hunter. You're better than Hunter. I'm just playing. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take it for Leonard. I'll take it. I'll take Hillenmeyer yeah. for Leonard right now. That's for sure. Thank you. Thank that's, you. Exactly. That's real. There's some work to be done. He needs to get some, there's no question. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, but it, I saw it, him working this. I saw him working this off season. Um, I think this is his best opportunity. Assuming he doesn't get hurt or anything like that, this mm-hmm. is his best opportunity to have a very successful year with everybody focused on Khalil Mack and Hicks. He is one on one with a tight end, a running back, or a, a left tackle. I mean, come on, you—it doesn't get any better than that. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's time to play. It's time to play. I'm looking forward to it, man. This is going to be a really good. It's a, this season will tell a great story, won't it? This Bears season. This will yes, tell it will. A, a great story, especially on the offensive end. This will tell a great story. So, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. Agree. I agree. All right, man. I'll, I'll 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 find you a little bit later on. I'll see if I can find you uh, as we get lo- later and later into the Florida Gator season. We'll uh, I'll see if I can find you. Don't worry, don't worry. We'll be after October nineteenth. We'll be uh, six eight no. Ooh, buddy. Whew, we might be ranked higher than y'all at that time too. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> it. That's <enough. laughs> 
<laughs> That's it. Alex Brown, everybody, with us here for the Summer of Football on ESPN 1000. Hey, yo, Jay Hood, run that back. Give them the info they need. What do you got there? This is your car. My car? I said a 10-second car, not a 10-minute car. Pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. Tales from the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Here we go. Tales from the Hood right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app is brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Don't miss your chance to watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field as the 25th ranked Northwestern Wildcats, led by Big Ten Coach of the Year Pat Fitzgerald, host Ohio State, Iowa, and more. Tickets on sale now at NUSports.com. NUSports.com. Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. Let's take a look at this story. Couple faces up to six years in jail for taking 88 pounds of sand from an Italian beach. Yes, we've all been tempted to bring a little bit of paradise home from our holidays, but the urge has backfired on a French couple (laughs) who is facing up to six years in prison for removing sand from a beach in Sardinia, where the couple had been on vacation. The Italian island's white sand is protected and tourists face fines and even jail time for removing it from the local beaches, but the couple said that they did not realize they were committing a crime. 14 plastic bottles containing 40 kilograms, that's 88 pounds of white sand, were seized. Okay, if you didn't know, why did you have 14 plastic bottles filled of this sand if you didn't know you were committing a crime? Right, like you're obviously doing something suspicious if you've got all sorts of empty water bottles and you fill them with sand and try to smuggle them across the border. Unbelievable, Eric. I mean... Maybe a little bit. You kind of put it in your in your bag, you know? Yeah, a little keepsake. Yeah. But that much? They're trying to build a sandbox in their backyard with that. Like, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. That's just amazing. Uh, how about this story about in New Jersey? New Jersey woman who's 29 is arrested for burning down a man's house after he called her for sex at 4 a.m. but fell asleep before she arrived and didn't answer the door. Yes, Taja Russell, who's 29, was arrested last week after she allegedly torched the man's home in Woodbury in the early hours of August 4th. The victim is believed to have asked Russell over for late night sex but fell asleep and did not hear her knocking on his front door. Police said that she sent him to a series of uh, sent a, a series of angry text messages saying, I see that you want to die. You wasted my money to come out here. She allegedly went to a gas station to buy a lighter fluid, matches, and a lighter. The man suffered smoke inhalation as well as first and second degree burns. She really wanted it. Bad. Bad. <laughs> no doubt. Oh, she, she must have been on 10. She's in heat, we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, really? I feel like all in all, this guy still dodged a bullet. Because what if the night went really well? Then that crazy may move in with him someday. She's, well, I would say she's a bunny burner, but clearly she's a house burner. Yeah, as an well. Ar- she's an arsonist. God, crazy. Really? It must be the best. It had to have been great that, that dude, one time before. That dude must be gold. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it must have been awesome. Oh, my God. You won't give it to me tonight. <laughs> I'm going to burn your house down. What? Terrifying. Really? Seriously? Terrifying. 
put that on the poll. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you had it so good that you your mates want to burn your house down to get more? Good uh. lord, really, Eric? Think about it. You've been out with crazy women. That's that's a next level crazy. I've been out with crazy women, but not to the point where they had it so good that when they couldn't get it, they tried to burn my blank down. I, I mean, I got no words. It's just a wild thing to do because he couldn't stay awake. <laughs> you know, they too, what's wrong with him? I mean, it's a late night tax. You fall asleep sometimes. Who knows how long it took for her to get there? <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, she probably, you know what? She probably thought there was someone else in there. Maybe. Like, he sought out couple, a couple lines, and she wasn't the first one to answer and be there? That's possible. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like a Lifetime uh, Sunday against the NFL special. It sounds uh, like a movie I've <laughs> right. seen before on Lifetime, no That's, doubt. That might be a Lifetime special right there. <laughs> Jody Foster, he wouldn't give me none. She's in all of them. Every Lifetime movie, she's got at least a cameo. If not, she's the main character. Meredith Baxter Burney in. He wouldn't, he wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> like that's that's crazy. <laughs> Meredith Baxter Bernie in Pipeless in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Just, this one here, ladies, listen. It might be the best. It might be gold, but it's not worth burning a dude's house down. I know he better pick out the phone. No. Pitbull fights off Shark to save his beloved owner. I've told you the story before, uh, a long time ago, Eric. Growing up in the 70s, it was the German Shepherd. In the 80s, it was the Doberman Pitcher. In the 90s... The The Rottweiler, probably? The Rottweiler. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 2000s, the Pitbull. Nothing stronger than the Pitbull. I thought the German Shepherd, who was a loyal dog, by the way, right? Um, I thought that was like a tough dog. The Doberman Pitcher, I thought, because he was a damn athlete, it would chase you down because everybody wanted to have it. <clears throat> everybody wanted to have it because of Magnum PI. The Rottweiler was tough, 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 tough. Yeah, but nothing like the Pitbull. When a Pitbull, I don't have to read the story. When the Pitbull fights off a shark to save its beloved owner. That is the toughest dog ever. It's amazing. It's a good dog right there. Plenty of treats when he gets home. I mean, willing to just fight anybody, chase anybody. It's crazy. Good dog. It's amazing. Up, up on a car, up a tree, anything (laughs) to just to get his, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Crazy. You know any pit bull owners? Did you? Yeah, absolutely. Our neighbor actually breeds pit bulls, and they're terrifying looking because they're like the ones that are really really broad and strong they're the sweetest things i have a little 11 pound dog and they just roll around and play together it's actually really funny to see because this thing could swallow her like a pill oh my god but you're but you feel safe around it right i do just because they're well behaved yeah they're very good dogs and the owners are responsible people man because i think that they could turn on a dime on you you look at them wrong it's all over (laughs) seriously they're strong strong animals (laughs) and that is Tales from the Hood on a Monday edition right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You know, I got tickets to give away. Cup fans, I got tickets to give away in our 9 o'clock hour. Listen very closely. I want you to win these. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock the microphone. Hey, yo, Jay Hood. Talk that barbershop talk, dude.